Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 17 and 18. And we'll flip over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and read verses 6 through 8 there. But starting in Ephesians 6, verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation, Paul exhorts the Ephesians, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Flipping over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we'll read a couple of verses in context before we focus in on the 8th verse there. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 6, Paul exhorts the Thessalonians saints, Therefore let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Let's pause there and bow our heads once again and ask the Lord's blessing on this lesson tonight. Father in heaven, you are such a good father, such a good God, a good leader, a good director. Father, you're good at everything and every role that you have. And I thank you, Father, that you are a wonderful equipper of your saints for every good work. And I thank you for the equipment that you provide for us. Help us to receive that equipment, every piece. Fathers, we consider this one piece tonight. Help us to be grateful for it. Help us to be thankful that you have provided it. And help us, Father, to understand how to use it and to consider it perfectly. Bless us this evening. Thank you for the word that you give us in this time that we can enjoy it together. I pray that these things would be so. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, I could probably speak for most of the... You know, I don't ever want to be sexist by any means. But I could probably speak for most of the guys. When I say that armor is cool, uh, I could, might be able to speak for some of the ladies here when I say that armor is cool. You might agree. I'm not sure. But I love uh, at museums and not just museums, but other places where you might see any kind of armor-type protective equipment. Knights, of course. I, I, I like seeing the old-school medieval warrior-type armor from back in the day with their chain mail and their greaves on their shins and you know all of all of those things involved if you want to look at something that's not quite battle but still it's armor in its own way football players chiefs played this afternoon and guys were throwing their bodies all over the place <coughs> excuse me shoulder pads they're getting smaller and smaller with the years it used to be that they had big huge shoulder pads and neck rolls and all of that but it's still armor nevertheless they wear helmets and the like Military wears armor, public servants, cops, SWAT teams, they wear bulletproof vests and the like, firefighters, if you want. I always used to tell the kids when we would teach the young elementary schoolers, I'm like, this is kind of like armor, our bunker gear and our helmets and our boots with the steel shanks and all that kind of stuff. I always told them that because it's protective equipment. It's equipment that protects you from danger. And if you get right down to it, the cool factor of armor is that it is protective of you in a dangerous situation. And I'm not a little boy anymore, but danger is a bit exciting to a little boy. Danger is exciting to big boys, too. You know, just it is what it is. It's exciting. And if you're wearing protection and protective equipment, it means that you're in a dangerous place. Now, a level A hazmat suit doesn't matter how you spin it. That's not cool looking. (laughs) It just isn't. You look like a big, you know, we used to call it the marshmallow man suit. And it just looked like that big fluffy. Yeah doesn't count. Yeah, it has to be something that protects from impact, you know, something that 
Yeah, to be cool. But you know what I'm talking about. It protects you. And armor is cool. And then as I thought about this, I thought, you know, armor is cool until you think about it for a little while. And what I mean by that, when you think about it, bulletproof vests are cool until you think about what they're for. They're to keep the bullet from penetrating the body. The sad part of that, if you want to just extend it out there and really give it, you know, get real heady about it, it means that there are actually bullets being shot at a person, which, whatever the situation might be, uh, that's unfortunate, right? That's, that's, that's a sad thing. It's, a, well, cops that are wearing this body armor, they wear it because they need it. Uh, bullets do find their way to their direction. Uh, you think about knights. <clears throat> uh, I've looked at a couple of different... Uh, Sets of armor. I don't have any pictures for you, but for some reason, I really like the ones that you know stick out here. But then there's this piece that comes up like this. You know, and I think it's for the jousting. If you have the guy who's facing a certain way, depending on his orientation with his hands and that sort of thing. But there's a protector for the neck. And it's cool looking, you know, because it just looks yeah, it looks kind of sinister and kind of tough. But when you think what it's for, it's to keep either the lance from going into the neck or an errant sword strike to. You know, go into the neck and remove the head from the body. Again, when you think about it, armor is cool until you think about it. <laughs> and you realize, ah, that's an unfortunate situation that that armor is for. Um, now hold that thought. Uh, part of the armor uh, that we consider, and obviously you see the title here, and you see the, the verses that we just read, were helmets. Now I went looking for pictures of helmets, but I found these cool, <laughs> cool cats here, and I thought, yeah, you know, let's throw up a little throwback Thursday here on Sunday night. Uh, these young ladies here, whoever they might be, they're wearing some helmets. All a helmet is, really, is just, well, by definition, in the Cambridge Dictionary, a strong, hard hat <laughs> hat that covers and protects the head. It's something that's rigid. Now, this is pretty rigid already, but having experienced my own, well, fair share of head wounds, for head injuries for myself, and having certainly treated a vast majority and number of head wounds in the past, head injuries, uh, it doesn't matter how hard this is, it's vulnerable. And it's not a good thing. And helmets serve a purpose. Why? Well, there's a brain underneath here. And the brain is crucial to the vital functions. All functions, almost all functions, I don't want to be... You know, uh, I don't want to use an infinitive, but almost all functions of life are taken care of up here. So it's important that you protect this head. Now, boxers will tell you, kill the body and the head will fall. But I tell you what, the quickest way to take down the entire body is to go this right here. And a significant head injury is going to bring everything down, we understand. And a helmet protects from that. So we see two mentions of helmets here in the New Testament. I read them to you in these opening passages here. Two mentions of these helmets and head protectors here. The helmet that we don as children of God. Uh, Two of them, helmet of salvation. And I'm going to kind of part them out, separate them tonight, just for the sake of consideration. The helmet of salvation and the helmet of the hope of salvation, as it's presented in 1 Thessalonians there. Um, You could say that they're one and the same, but we'll understand where I'm going this evening. Just a brief consideration, I presume, as we consider these things. Take the helmet of salvation, it says there, in Ephesians 6, 17. Take the helmet of salvation. I look at this quite simply. 
If you if you remember, we had a well, we had a study of the panoply, that Greek word for the armor of God, putting on the whole armor of God as it's presented in Ephesians chapter six. Uh, and I covered the helmet of salvation, and I've covered it a number of times, at least in part, through different lessons and different, well, different references and the like. But if you've entered into the warfare that's described in Ephesians 6 here, the warfare that the Lord calls each one of his children to, uh, then you have this helmet. It's as simple as that. You have the helmet of salvation. Um, in John 3 and verse 17, how do we get it? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. And I use that just because we oftentimes go to John 3.16 for our consideration of, well, God so loving the world, he gave his only begotten son. Salvation is presented. John 3.17 and 18 present it in just a little bit of a different way. He who believes in him is not condemned. That means you are saved indeed. You have his salvation. You've been rescued and passed from death unto life, as we consider quite often. The one that believes on Jesus has irrevocable, indelible, eternal life. Salvation is theirs for as many as who will receive. If you flip back to John chapter 1, we were in John 3 and John 1 both this morning. John chapter 1 and verse 12. But as many as received him, as many as were willing to accept and believe the Lord Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. When we accept the Lord Jesus, if you want to look at the picture as a metaphor, and it's one of the ones that I consider quite often, once you have accepted the Lord Jesus as your own, He essentially takes a very thick, very long, very indestructible, very permanent helmet, and He slaps it on your head, and it's locked in there for good. No matter the effort of our enemy, no matter the effort of those Well, principalities, those powers and the rulers of darkness of this age and the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places, those things that we stand against, according to Paul, when we put on this whole armor of God and endure this life against the wiles of the devil and his fiery darts and so on. When we stand there and we have this helmet of salvation upon us, well, the head of the child is going nowhere. He can attack the body and the body might fall, so to speak, but the head is going to stay intact. It's full length, no, no removing, no taking off the brain. The spiritual life is present. Salvation is ours. And I'm grateful for that. And I could leave it at that, say amen, and enjoy our memorial this evening. But there's something more there, isn't there? Not just the, the helmet of salvation do we consider here in the Old Testament, but over in that other passage that we read, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, It just adds just a little bit extra to consider. There it says in verse 8, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. The hope of salvation. Now, I appreciate Brother David's Sunday school and the things that he's been presenting there. And Well, in his last iteration of Sunday school, he was talking at length about eternal life. I don't remember if he brought up this one here as one of the One of the passages that different ones point to and saying that there is, well, you hope for salvation to come. He might have, but I have heard this presented there, that you put on the hope and the drive and the desire for salvation in hope that it might be yours if we do this, this, and this. 
And not by works that I have done, grace alone, my sonship is one. We, we sing in, verse, or in number 66 uh, in the Brown book. But people don't understand that. Oftentimes they look at this as, well, I need to put on this helmet and hope that salvation comes. Well, we understand that the helmet is permanent, the helmet of salvation. Eternal life is just that. We've passed from death to life, never to return back to death. So this helmet that we're putting on here is the hope that comes from that salvation. So what what does that mean for us? Um, If you want just a visual representation, I have one of those for you. This guy looks absolutely ridiculous. And these are the most ridiculous things that you might see on a football field, I believe. And I'm sorry that I'm bringing up so much football this evening. But what is he wearing? He's wearing a helmet. And then he's wearing a helmet on top of a helmet, right? Uh, I don't know if you all are familiar with this, but these got instilled into the NFL. I don't know if this is even a team from the NFL or what. It doesn't matter. I had to find something without a copyright on it, and this is what I had. But this is what they have these days in training camp. And they put a helmet on top of the helmet. Do you know why? Because they found that concussions take place even with the helmets on. So these things reduce concussion potential by uh, something like 33% or something along those lines. Uh, Whether it does or not, that's neither here nor there. What I'm pointing at here is that the helmet doesn't come off. There's something kind of additional added to it. Now, I don't want to take this metaphor too far because the helmet of salvation is sufficient for everything that it's intended for. We are saved and that is that. However, there is, well, there is an exhortation here. For us to keep putting on, so to speak. We have a robe of righteousness that is ours, but we're called to put on that robe of righteousness. Day after day. Putting off the old man, day after day. And so there is something to be said about putting on this helmet of the hope of salvation. We cap this salvation that we have. We put something else on there. Or, I guess if you want to look at it this way, we could just polish up the helmet of salvation that we have, reconsider the helmet of salvation that's there, and find hope in it. Uh, Let me see if I can explain myself better. Psalm 140 and verse 7. David says, O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, you have covered my head in battle. You have covered my head in the day of battle. Now, if you want to look at this, well, literally, the Lord does cover. He had his own armor. And the Lord protected him in natural battles. But you do understand that we battle every single day. And we don't necessarily battle the same battles every single day. And the Lord's helmet is put upon us day after day. Again, the helmet of salvation. But there's hope for the day found in understanding our salvation. And the power that gives us that. That it's sufficient for more things. He says, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day in 1 Chronicles 16.23. We have hope that stems from the reconsideration. Hope that stems from the power of salvation as we think about it and consider and look in the mirror and be reminded. We have this helmet on. This is ours indeed. This, and not only that, but breastplate of righteousness and, and feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, all of those things can be ours, certainly. But just considering the helmet of salvation, do you ever... Um, you know, we kind of, we kind of point at those ones. I, I love Billy Graham, don't get me wrong. Love Billy Graham. I've listened to many, many, many messages given by Billy Graham. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know of any of them that didn't completely and entirely immerse itself in salvation. 
That's what it was almost every single time. And again, I can't come up with any other doctrine that he presented other than that beautiful message of salvation. But we kind of poke, not poke fun, but we kind of say there's more, right? There's more. Okay, so we understand there is more. But saints, every day, every single day, as we get down on our knees to open up our day, we can thank the Lord for the salvation that came from the blood of Jesus. Every single day. There's no shame in that. In remembering the salvation that is mine. We don't have to question it. We don't have to worry about it. I, I have family members who sit and... Man, you know, it, it's, it's almost not laughable, but it's almost unthinkable to consider that some... Wear, I've watched my cousins wear these little tags on these necklaces that they've worn since the day that I met them when I was just a wee kid. And they are afraid that if they don't wear those things that have been blessed somehow by someone in some way, that they are in danger of losing, well, not having heaven, not having salvation, not being present with Jesus. Different times when my grandpa was dying, not my grandpa Jimmy, but my other one, one of my family members said, said uh, I hope that he's not afraid in the end. I hope he can breathe or just passes out before he stops breathing. Because if he's afraid in the end, he won't go to heaven. <laughs> you know, just different things. Different things that, you know, it's almost difficult for me to remember the things that they've said because they're so contrary to what's present in the Word of God and so contrary to what I know to be true and so, and just reflexively understood on my part and your part that I can't even hardly recount those things. I can't imagine having that question and wondering, getting up every morning and thinking to myself, I better keep it straight. I better keep it square. I hope I don't get struck by this or struck by that because if I do, I don't believe that I'm ready. (laughs) I don't believe that I'm right. I thought this or I did this or I said that or I haven't done this, whatever the case might be. Saints, I'm grateful. I don't think that I'm being arrogant, but I'm grateful that I know that if I get smoked by a bus, I might not be ready for that highest calling, but I'm... Man, to be absent from this body is to be present with Him. And if He takes me home, He takes me home. And I don't have any questions about that. I'm going to awake, as it were, in the presence of Jesus. Whatever the situation might be, I don't have any lack or any doubt of that assurance and I can't remember ever having a doubt of that that's a blessing uh, for me that's a blessing and I'm grateful for that and saints when I get up in the morning and I talk to the Lord when I take a moment to think about it that gives me hope knowing the salvation that he has already offered me and that I can just instinctively and reflexively know he's my father he's listening I have this dialogue with him I am a child of God That gives me hope that he can save me from the day as well. Save me from the issues of the day. Not save me from death, eternal death, that's done. But save me from the day. Sing to the Lord all the earth, it said in 1 Chronicles. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day because it's provided from day to day. Paul told Corinth in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 1, He says, we then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God and part of that being the helmet of salvation. Don't receive this in vain. It's not for nothing. Eternal life is not nothing. Don't get me wrong. But receive this helmet of salvation and then move forward with it. For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you 
And in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I read this two weeks ago. And I read this yesterday. And I read it today. And every time I read it, when it says now is the day of salvation, that means now. Right now is the day of salvation. And because, yep, it's still there. It's still there and I have the confidence of knowing I'm a child of God. And there was power that delivered me and passed me from death unto life. Did the greatest miracle that's ever taken place in my life. Is taking me from being a sinner to being a sinner saved by grace. If he can do that, well then he can do anything in my life. And I'm grateful for that. And it gives me hope. We can walk in expectation of blessing. We can walk in expectation of strength. We can walk in expectation of the grace that He showed us at salvation being extended to us daily in saving us from our flesh, the world, the enemy, all of those agents of the enemy that try to permeate our lives day after day. We can walk in confidence knowing I'm the Lord's. And He promises to care for me. He promises to protect me. He promises to teach me and lead me and guide me and all of those things. We walk in the hope that the power that saved us from eternal death will also provide us eternal blessing day after day after day after day. That's a sure expectation. That's hope for us. Hope that the power of salvation for eternity is the same power for salvation from this day. Psalm 119, 165. How often do we get to say that? (laughs) Psalm 119, verse number 165 and 166. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing causes them to stumble. Lord, I hope for your salvation. and And I do your commandments. I don't hope that he saves me from eternal death, eternal separation from him. I have that understanding. I hope for his salvation for the day. Lamentations 3 and verse 25, The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Now there are times when well, then we wait rather loudly and He's not necessarily dissuading us from doing that. There's, man, I've cried out to the Lord rather not quietly. But we can be quiet in our spirits and quiet and still and, and quiet in hope understanding. We can say, Lord, help me from this car wreck that's taking place. Lord, help me from in this situation in the immediate. But in our anxieties, even the sudden acute ones or the ongoing ones, we can be quiet before Him. Completely resting and understanding in our, well, understanding that power for salvation is sufficient for the power for every single day. It is good that God, or it is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord, because God is good for it. He's good for that salvation. He is good for that protection. We can proclaim the good news of His salvation from day to day. Now, that being said, as I said a moment ago, naturally speaking, in regards to armor, armor is cool until you think about it. You think about the unfortunate reality that it's needed sometimes and the unfortunate reality of what happens when it fails or the unfortunate reality of what happens when you don't have it a lot of people ask me do you miss being on the fire truck i'm like really i don't but man i sure dream about it a lot and what i always seem to dream i tell Allie about a recurring dream 
Dream last night that I found myself, pop, I'm on pumper one. Pop, we're going to a, a big ripping structure fire. And I look and I didn't load my gear on. <laughs> don't have my boots, don't have my helmet, don't have anything. And I don't think about the danger of the fire. I think about how I'm going to get chewed out when I get back, back at the station. It's a terrible feeling. I'm, I've done that once or twice over the course of 20 years. Not had my gear for one reason or another. It's a horrible feeling. Armor is cool until you think about it and the repercussions of when it fails or you fail. What if you didn't have it? We want to consider that for a minute. What if we didn't have the helmet of salvation? It is unfortunate when you think about it. Well, that there are those who don't have it. You know, I don't mean to get all choked up or anything, but you know those ones that are dear to you that aren't wearing that armor. And furthermore, aren't interested in wearing that. What if we didn't have this helmet of salvation or if we didn't have the assurance of it? As I mentioned before, I cannot imagine the fear that would be part of my day to day. I suppose different ones would get used to it. I suppose that there's a certain measure of out of sight, out of mind, I imagine. Not thinking about such things. Certainly not if you don't believe it. But what of those ones who truly and, and surely desire to be with the Lord, want heaven to be their future, and yet don't have the assurance of that. I heard for those people and the struggle that they must have day to day. It would be worrisome. I think it would be tiresome on one. That being said, we don't have to worry about that. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. Have you believed in Jesus? Newsflash, you have everlasting life. It is what it is. Uh, we have a helmet locked in place. And that being said, what if we don't have hope? What if we don't have the hope of salvation? What if we don't put on or consider the hope that comes from the hope of salvation? Well, if you don't have a helmet, naturally speaking, you subject yourself to trauma. Subject yourself to injury. Can you subject yourself to spiritual trauma? If you don't take advantage or take joy in the helmet of the hope of salvation, I think that you can. Not the eternal destruction type of trauma. You're not going to just be annihilated because you don't take hope in the salvation that you have. But these earthen vessels that we're given to carry this light in, that we're given to carry this eternal life within, they can be traumatized. They can be damaged by the worry by the anxiety that comes, by the issues that come, by where our mind might go when we don't take joy, when we don't find hope in salvation. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, Paul speaks to them in regards, of, well, in regards to the light of knowledge, the light of salvation, the light of understanding of God's grace. He says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. These bodies are what we carried in these natural minds, mixed and intermingled with spiritual things, deep things that are present there. Uh, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. He goes on to describe how we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed because we're believers. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Now listen, when we find hope in the salvation of the Lord and we find deliverance from the anxieties, we can certainly deal with being hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down much, much better than if we don't take that hope. Because that being struck down... That being persecuted, that being hard-pressed on every side. If we don't find the hope that the Lord offers to us, 
in the power which he used to deliver us and has delivered us and is willing to deliver us. Saints, we can find these earthen vessels going gray, losing their hair, shrinking up and, and becoming sick and emaciated and ulcerated, and we can have all kinds of physical trauma. We can have emotional trauma. And we can be traumatized spiritually. We can be. We can be traumatized spiritually when we don't take advantage of the provision that God gives to us. And offering us hope. Saints, it's one of those things that you can watch a number of Lifetime movies or Hallmark movies or all those things. Now, you know, Oftentimes hope is one of those kind of warm fuzzy things that, that you know, tries to draw tears and, and the like from different people who are emotional and respond to such things. And I do to those things sometimes. But I'm not talking about fuzzy warm hope. I'm talking about the sure expectation that I'm present with the Lord even now, if not consciously, and at some point... I'm going to look at him face to face. That gives me hope. I'm confident that no matter what I encounter as I walk out this door, and you know, with time, as our culture and society goes a certain direction, there might be a number of different things that we will encounter simply as a result of being a child of God. Simply because we are wearing a helmet of salvation as children of God. And I'm absolutely confident as I stand here under no (laughs) persecution at all whatsoever, I'm confident that even if I don't have the joy and the hope in the moment, I should. I should have joy, should have hope in the moment. Should I meet with any persecution, I pray by the grace of God that he will remind me of the hope that I should have because of the salvation that he has given to me. We can take a beating. We can take a beating spiritually. We can take a beating emotionally. We can take a beating even physically when we dismiss the hope of salvation. And the, the fact of the matter is, is we don't need to. We don't need to be harmed by such things because we have that helmet. We have salvation for eternity. I've probably mentioned a number of times it drives me crazy when... I don't know why it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy that it drives me crazy, but there it is. It, it, it's irritating to me when I see someone win a championship trophy or win something over here, and they're like, no one can ever take this from us. I'm like, no one is ever going to try to take it from you. No one cares. <laughs> you've, won the, you've won it. Who would even think about this? I know what they're trying to say, but they're saying, this is ours and we, we've owned this. Oh, if only God's people would hang on to their helmet of salvation and the hope that comes from it. No one should take this from me. And if we want to hold on to it, nobody can. Nobody can take that hope from you. We have salvation for eternity and the same power that provided it is capable for your every day. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 3. Paul tells the Galatians and he tells me and he tells you, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins. You can't take you can't take that back. He gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age. And every age to come, certainly, but presently, He is saving us and rescuing us from every impact, from every, well, every spiritual damage that would be upon us if He wasn't there to protect us. That He might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Saints, rejoice. Be grateful. (laughs) 
and take hope in the salvation that God has given us in Christ. You have a helmet of salvation upon your head. Consider it. Daily even. Consider it. Remember it. And be reassured in your faith that the same power that placed that on your head indelibly is the same power that will protect you, your body, your head, your life, your faith, your walk by faith, will protect you daily. The power is the same.